Do you watch Drama Alert, dude? No. no. I see, like, a video of something's, like, interesting, but it's usually, like, a bunch of shit, like, this YouTuber fell down the stairs. Wait, what's Drama Alert? It's this, like, YouTube channel where whenever... They, they're kind of like news reporters, but they're just, just about YouTube stuff, like vloggers and all that. Kind of and like, gamers and all that. Kind of like just your ordinary, your ordinary 20-year-old kind of... Basically. That's basically what it is. I feel that. So it's really real, real relevant. Real relevant, yeah. And we... Well, tonight we have a show. Uh, we have two... Ooh. We have one guest today. His name is Chris Casillas. Um, he's been a longtime friend of mine since I was in third grade. Um, why don't you go introduce yourself and say what a, a little bit about what you do. Hi, I'm uh, Chris. I've known Cody since third grade. I used to do judo with him and then, um, you know, grew up with him, played music with him, uh, just had a lot of fun times with him. Right now I'm currently a luthier, build, build and repair instruments, specifically guitars and basses for a long time. Um, He's been one of my best friends since, like, uh, freshman year. I've known him since third grade. And uh, currently, I'm a luthier. I build and repair instruments. Um, trained at Roberto Van School of Luthery. And more importantly, I am a, a bhakti yoga pra- excuse me, a bhakti yoga practitioner. And uh, really into consciousness expanding uh, techniques and uh, everything that has to do with expanding our consciousness and exploring different facets of ourselves through the processes of ancient wisdom and uh, modern psychology. Um, and so we, we, me and Chris used to, we went to high school together. Um, I met him originally in eighth grade, but we, I was in a different mind space at that time and we did not get along. Oh yeah. Third grade. Yeah. But I, we started like being around each other constantly whenever I was in eighth grade and um, I wasn't, we weren't friends at that time. He was, he had a separate group of people he hung out with. And then when I got into freshman, <laughs> I got into freshman year and that's whenever we got to know each other a little bit. Cause he sat in front of me in math class. Um, and eventually we just, I started sitting at his lunch table and we started hanging out more and more. And eventually we became best friends over those two years that I was in high school. I know exactly what you mean. Like when you have people you just kind of see throughout the school, but you never really get to meet until like you have a class with them, and then like you would have never met that person if you never had a class with them. Yeah, I remember the day I, I saw Cody in in eighth grade, because I mean I knew him from judo, and it was like we used to judo together in third grade, so you know we'd like just like pretty much fight each other, like spar each other, and uh, then I was sitting there. <laughs> it was the first day of school, and I walked in with my guitar. I was like, I was like totally immersed and like, I thought I was so cool because I played guitar in like eighth grade, you know what I mean? I was just sitting at the bench playing my guitar and there was Cody sitting there all nervous looking because he came, he, it was like it was his first year at our school. I had known him because we lived in a small town and like, this, like an area of small towns and he went to a different school. And everybody and knows everybody. He came, when he came to Kearney, I was like, oh, that's that kid I used to know in judo. I will, yeah, I... I was a completely different person. I didn't even know music at that time. I was not a musician at all. I had no care in the world to play an instrument. It wasn't until sophomore year that they actually got me into music. Yeah. We were actually in a band. Um, me and my friend Marcus, our friend Marcus, we were in a rock band called Run From The Fridge. Um, <laughs> that was actually a good name. I like that name. Yeah, it's catchy. Too. 
we were good too. And um, you know, Cody was around. And we actually convinced Cody one day to join band. That was it, really, because he was just didn't want to be set. Because he he was in ROTC, and uh, it didn't. I hated it. Didn't like it too much. I fucking hated it, dude. And found a found that uh you know we want to do something else. We're like, dude, just join band. You can play the freaking bass drum or something. You can play the triangle. This is a small town. You don't have to try out for band. So Cody just joined band and you know played the triangle and. Really? I, I went to bass drum. I played bass drum for the marching band. You did play quads a few times too. And I played snare once when Marcus was gone. I heard uh, he played this good skin flute. Oh boy. That's that's that was supposed to be a secret, bro. Come on. Damn. Spoiler alert. Exposed in hell. <laughs> Surprise segment. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, and then then I left that school in sophomore year, and uh, I. W- I wouldn't say we were distant because I was still going down there and hanging out a lot at that time, but it wasn't until like we all graduated high school that we really started to get distant for a while. Um, he was at NAU. I moved up here to Tucson and wasn't doing college at the time. When you did band, was that the only time you did band, or did you do band at the next school? I did band at the next school. I did it my senior year, though, but I was a guitarist in March in like guitar classes in my uh, junior year. Did you ever do a marching band? Yeah, I was doing marching band my senior year and then my sophomore year of high school. I, I did uh, I did jazz band. But yeah, that's what I was doing too. I loved it, but it was just as just the same as concert band, just different material. Didn't have to be in the sun all the time. Oh yeah, fuck that. I did jazz, marching, and uh, concert band. I did marching band once with like the the high school, and then I just did the cymbals. I did it once, never again. I, I, I played, I started out with cymbals and like triangle, like you said, in sophomore year. I played bass drums and then I stepped in on like quads when one of our, our friends, Marcus, was gone that day. Yeah, and then no, I played um, snare. Oh, wait, no, yeah, it was CC that was gone. You're right. And then I just played percussion, me and Marcus, and then Marcus got me into guitar eventually. And from there, I got really obsessed with guitar for a moment. Um, Excuse me. All throughout high school, I was pretty obsessed with guitar. Um, Marcus drove me a lot. Really? I I always wanted to be better than Marcus, but it was so I was never. I knew I was never gonna happen, but it was just like my main motivator. He was one of those guys that he, wanted, he like kept me practicing because I was like better than everybody at the time, or you know, thought I was at least. And then Marcus was like, I'm like teaching. Like, I remember Marcus was like picking up the guitar his freshman year, and then like. You know, I've been playing guitar a few years at that point, but by the time the end of his freshman year, he's, like, playing with me, playing as good as me, and I'm like, damn, I gotta get better. I gotta practice. He was, uh, dude, it was scary how good he was. That competitive mindset, but I don't really, I don't really think that that really gets in the way of my creative, you know, it just gets in the way of all, like, endeavors now that I've come to be older. And, like, I really appreciate Marcus as a musician. And, you know, last time we played music together, it was so wonderful. It was like, he just... When was that? Um, Month ago. How, how uh, what's your age difference? I'm 20. Well, I just turned 21. I'm like a year older than Cody almost. I'm I'm, I'm 21, but I'll be older. I'm gonna be uh, in December. What? Yeah, he. And so when you went, talk about when you went to NAU and how NAU changed you. Oh, that's a big question. Um, so I, you know, being a kid in a band, no one wants to. I mean, just in school is kind of a 
the environment is so confusing and bewildering for any uh, confusing and bewildering for any person uh, in just living. It's not the best environment uh, for a living entity, and um, so I didn't know what to do. You know, no one knows what to do when they're in high school. It's like, what am I? What do I do with my life? And the only thing I could really think about doing was music. I would want to do music. Me and Marcus were gonna, you know, not go to college and just start a band and you know do the whole thing. And uh, you know, my mom's a teacher and pretty educated lady. You know, encouraging me. I, I was I was smart in school. I did I got good grades. I was like uh, um, straight A student. And uh, so I had this scholarship up to NAU, and I knew I could have taken it. So I applied not really sure if I was going to go or not and when I decided to go one night I had this feeling at the same time I was I was getting into you know spirituality and, and consciousness was starting to come to me and reading books um, psychedelics you know played a, a role for a short time I don't think they're necessary in any type of spiritual life now in fact they're not necessary but for that time they made me start asking questions and uh, so I, I had this deep internal spiritual feeling that I needed to meet somebody at NAU. So I went to NAU, you know, standard college life, you know, just had my apartment, you know, looking for girls. Uh, if you ask Cody, I didn't have very much luck with the ladies in high school at all. I was just like... I didn't either until I went to CDO. Same here. The Korean girls just... They think you're weird. You're done. You're like on the blacklist. Bro, they yeah, used, used to make fun and of us. I mean, I was someone that would have fart competitions with another kid in math class. He was like, yeah, he was, he was hard to deal with. He was hard to deal. So yeah, so I, you know, I never been like exposed to any material world things like women or drugs or anything like that. So senior year, I started to, you know, get into kind of lower, lower vibrational things. I was, you know, smoking more. I was drinking more. Um, I wasn't drinking, but I was—I never drank. But I was doing like psychedelics, and um, I was still take, keeping good grades and everything. So I moved to NAU, was up there, and at the same time I started to read uh, books, ancient wisdom books like the Bhagavad Gita. Like philosophy. Uh, philosophy, yeah, philosophy, spirituality, um, all around. You know, reading uh, tablets of Soth, the Bible, uh, the Bhagavad Gita reading all this stuff and, and just kind of trying to figure out what's the truth, you know, because wow. as I said, I didn't, I wanted to know who, you know, what am I here for, what should I even do with my life, so I was reading all these different books, you know what I mean, and uh, I found this real resonance with uh, teachings of India, like the ancient, you know, Buddhism, Hinduism, those types of things, especially the Bhagavad Gita, which is, I mean, you can consider it Hindu, it's not really, but it would be called Hindu in normal society, so it's like a Hindu uh, text from 5,000 years ago. And I loved this this book. This was my favorite book. I mean, the wisdom or the philosophy that was presented to me was like unbeatable. And I just wanted to practice it so bad. So I started, you know, trying to uh, practice this stuff. And basically it deals with this person named Krishna. Krishna is um, within the context of the book. And he's, he's an incarnation of all divinity. He's like God, in essence, uh, supreme being. Uh, and he's giving instruction to his friend Arjuna who's about to fight this big battle and it's an amazing text maybe we'll go into it a little bit but back to NAU so I was asking all these questions and I was trying to practice this yoga process these teachings of the Bhagavad Gita and I you know being at NAU and being kind of into spirituality into music I've kind of drifted toward that crowd so NAU is not very far from Sedona so I wandered down <coughs> to Sedona one day 
kind of had a spiritual day, you know, the synchronicities, the universe led me um, to this shop where I met some ladies. I went to a kirtan meditation, which is musical meditation meant to expand the mind. What? And it's a, it was amazing. I had this mind expanding, you know, it was so happy. So I came back home. Um, I was still smoking a lot at the time, you know, kind of forgot about it, but I, this never left me. So I was uh, walking at NAU. This is probably my second month at NAU. I was walking one day and I had this picture of Krishna on my phone. And I looked at the picture and I said, Krishna, I, I would like to learn more about you. And at that very moment I said that in my mind, looking at this picture of Krishna, I heard a voice go, have you heard of Krishna? And I turned over and there was this man sitting there and he was like a, he was a monk type person. He was like left his family, he was older than me. Had a family, eventually, like, once they were old, he, like, separated himself. He was on that level. In fact, he made me feel, just being in his presence made me feel higher than any drug had ever made me feel. And I knew at that moment I wanted whatever he had. And not that I could get it right away, but I did know I wanted it. So I walked up to him, and, I mean, he was just like this. He was just exuding the spiritual wisdom of bhakti yoga to me. Um, and, you know, t taught me some of the teachings, gave me some books, and from that moment on... I uh, started, I was like going to be practicing this path of spirituality and bhakti yoga and trying to feel this high all the time. And uh, then I, you know, I, from that it was like this life-changing association with this guy was so powerful that I, I could see like, not that it's a bad thing if, if you, you know, you got to take care of a family or whatever, but college does not make you happy. Uh, money does not make you happy. Uh, even a good relationship does not make you happy. None of these things make us happy. What makes us happy is connection with the inner self, connection with the universe, connection with God, essentially, connection with spirit, connection with Krishna is what I, what I come to call it. So this connection with Krishna is so powerful that I, I was, you know, I was done with college and I'd met this girl at the same time too and she was also practicing bhakti yoga at the time. So I just, you know, I faded out of college. I couldn't take it anymore. I thought it was so stupid. And when did I you drop out? Yeah, I dropped out. I was I was done. I mean, I, I got good grades in college. I just thought it was stupid. I mean, it wasn't making me. I saw all these kids. They're going to school, right? They they go. They grow up through high school, working all hard. They get to college, right? They finally, you know, okay, now it's college time. It's time for you know drugs, sex, and rock and roll. And they start you know doing it right and. Then they're trying to get money, going to college, and they're miserable. Every step of the way is misery. It's struggle. It's misery. It's just I'm unhappy. I'm or or it's not misery. It's hankering for what's next. I can't wait to get out of college where I can get my job, start making money. That attitude is like an illusion. It's what what I call Maya. So it's it's a distraction. It doesn't keep it keeps us out of the moment, out of our real happiness, out of our true self, and keeps Would us disconnected would you say that's like life experience though that what when they're going through all that stuff that's just them like experiencing what real world is well i don't think that is the real world and i don't think that that's i think that that's yes it's experience but i mean that just continues on you get a job i want a promotion you get a promotion i want a bigger promotion you get a bigger promotion i want to retire you retire you die yeah like think about holistically instead like that yeah they're getting experience but it's a worthless experience the most bit of, i mean not that it's not that it's wrong but the be the highest pleasure most people even come to is maybe they have a beautiful girl in their life and they have sex and they maybe take some drugs and that's the highest pleasure they get and i mean those things are uh 
you know, in their in their right, pleasurable, pleasurable. But that's not that's mundane. It's a mundane type of happiness. It's not real happiness. It's not what this man I met in AU had. He had something so much more. It was so much juicier than that. It was an internal happiness. Something that, I mean. Do you think though, once you it? get that internal happiness, can't you have that also external happiness of like um, a career and you know stuff like that? You can, yeah, you can, and but that's the thing is, is when you have that happiness, you you can have those things, but it's like the taste for them is not as is not as strong. It's it's they're there, but you understand that these types of external happiness, careers, women. Uh, they're 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 per- they're not permanent. They're temporary, and that's what bhakti yoga really comes down to doing is the process of. You know, when I say yoga, just to clarify, I'm not talking about stretching. I'm talking about the real yoga. It means is an ancient word from India, which means union, which means coming into union and to connection with this uh, divine consciousness, this divine spirit. So, um. Bhakti yoga is meant to bring us to the stage of permanent happiness, and what we realize is that you know whatever it be, whether it be taking a you know bunch of LSD or getting with the most beautiful woman in the world, all the all these happinesses are are temporary, right? You know what I mean? It's like we get a girlfriend, and we may love her, we have a great time, but then you know sometimes we fight, sometimes we don't get along, and then we get you know we get money, sometimes we lose that money, and we get you know high, and we lose that high. So this. We, we get people we love in our life and then they die, right? This is that, this is that uh, temporary happiness, this temporary world. And even our bodies and who, who we think we are has to die. You know, our health is going to go away. We're going to be subjected to birth, death, disease, and old age. All these things uh, are taken away from us. So that's this, there's this, why are we hankering for these things? We want permanence, though. Everybody wants permanent love. Everybody wants permanent pleasure. Everybody wants permanent safety. Why do we want these things in a world where none of that is possible? Because we're not of this world. We're from a permanent world. We're permanent, whereas this world is temporary. And that's the spiritual nature of us, is permanent. So bhakti yoga is a process to bring us back to that permanent, eternal nature. And the actual, you know, the actual nature of the soul, of the consciousness, since it's eternal, is happy. It's blissful. It's actually called satchitananda. It's eternally blissful, eternally happy, and eternally conscious. So when we have that, yes, we can still have, uh, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband. We can still have those things, but the way in which we deal with them is different. It's like if we lost those things, it wouldn't be the end of the world for us because we know that that's not where our happiness comes from. We're doing it as uh, from a place of selflessness and love. Versus a place where I need this person, I need this thing to make me happy, and if I don't have it, I'm going to be miserable. And back to that hankering consciousness where I'm going to want this, I want that promotion, I want this, I want that. That state of consciousness is the definition of misery. Damn, for you taught me so much shit in the past five minutes that I probably would have taken me a few years to, to like understand. But I, like, I really mean that. Like, that's deep. Like, yeah, that that's a lot of lot of information. Yeah. Well, the basic, so, the basis of it, the, just the basic part of it is just remember that we're not, you know, we're not actually the ba- basic principle, first principle in any type of spiritual, you know, I know that, you know, a lot of guys, you know, we're into this, these higher experiences, a lot of times psychedelics bring people there, but that, you know, we don't have any words to put them to, but the words are, we are not our bodies, we're not these bodies, we're not our minds, we're actually spirits, that 
is our true nature and when we're acting from that nature we're acting as who we really are so we're we're happy so that's the that's the goal we want to realize our spiritual self and forget our material self and get rid of the ego yes in a sense yeah that's that's one thing that's really hard i know for a lot of people is getting rid of an ego because like you said when once you get that promotion you you get a bigger ego you get a bigger head and you know it can drive people crazy yeah that's a good that's a good point the ego is a uh, well actually in the Bhagavad Gita it describes that there's a false ego and there's a real ego because everybody has to have an ego that's just a there's no way around it we have personality like even if you take us down to the very basics we were actually created as individuals beautiful individual pieces of divinity pieces of Krishna these little pieces of Krishna were, were created as that so we're individuals, there's no doubt about it, but we have these false identities, these false egos are what really causes us to suffer is the ego that I think, I'm the greatest, in high school, Cody knows, I'm the best guitar player, I'm the best this, I'm the best at at everything, you know, I'm perfect and happy and I have the best friends and I'm the coolest kid. This ego right here is, these are temporary identities, right? Like. No matter how good you are at anything, it's going to be taken away. That's a fact. There's no doubt about it. You're going to lose it. So, you know, even the person you love, you're going to lose them or they're going to lose you. Either way, somehow it's going to happen. So when we're identifying ourselves with I'm black, I'm white, I'm the best at this, I'm a guitar player, I'm a luthier, I'm a musician, when we're identifying ourselves with these things, they're not entirely true. These are our false identities. Yes, we may act in the capacity as a musician, as a husband, as a wife. We may act in that capacity, but we are not these things. We are spirit, right? We do these things because that's what we're here for, but essentially we're spirit. So when we're, when we're uh, acting, when we're identifying with this false identity, you're always trying to keep it going. It's like, got to keep the show up. I'm the best. I'm this. I'm, you know, you, you got to keep that show up, but it's a show. Right? Even if you are the best, but you really, you always have to try to keep yourself the best. You're always miserable. So you might be the best, but if you don't have any false ego, if you're like, I'm the best, but ultimately it's only temporary. And that power comes from a different place. When it's in that state of consciousness, you're much, much happier. And that's what the process of bhakti yoga and uh, this kirtan musical meditation is meant to bring us to. Do you still think like relationships and all that are important though in life? Like important to have and like like having a wife or be, or just someone that you love or even you know um what's another example? Like friend like having friendships. That's that's something that makes people happy. Absolutely. We have to, have, you know, the soul wants one thing, wants love. You know, we're all looking for love ultimately. You know, beyond that, if you can take away, I mean, I've experienced this in my own personal relationships with, you know, people I've loved, people, you know, girls I've fallen in love with where, you know, we might get caught up in the body, you know, what 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 we think about their bodies or whatever and, you know, pleasures. But when anybody's gone that you loved, you don't miss, you know, those things. You miss the person. You miss the love of that person. So, yes, we need love. And... You know, but the the thing is, is that it's defining the relationships as a certain way. You know what I mean? When we define a relationship as, oh, this is my this is my all in all. He's my she's my everything. He's my everything. That in its sense is 
you can't fill that that hole that's in your heart with a person. That's unhealthy. Yeah. So we need these relationships, and not that they have to be, you know, not everybody needs to have a husband and wife. Not everybody uh, needs that because ultimately, what what bhakti yoga is bringing us to, and not that they, you know, they're not important. If you desire that, then the universe will, you know, Krishna will arrange that for you. Um, it's like you can't you can't define something that can't be defined. Exactly. That's defining in a relationship actually lowers that love, uh, the love in the relationship, and, and that's what the you know people in in bhakti yoga like my my. Uh, the person who I met at NAU, he uh, had a wife, he had a kid, but he left his wife and kid, not out of like, I'm leaving, but, you know, they were they were all practicing bhakti yoga. They left out of this sense of, I'm going to go connect to something higher. I love you, and I, I give you my, my respect and wishes to actually go and find even a deeper happiness. And he, you know, he left his family to be alone and to live alone, to be really austere, to give up, you know, that type of life and to, to really connect with uh, the supreme personality of everything, you know, the personality that's in me and in you, the life force, uh, which we call Krishna, which is a beautiful person. This is called the all attractive person, right? And it's everywhere. So when we connect to this eternal personality, we are uh, uh, much, much, it's, it's ultimate happiness. So when you have that connection, you don't necessarily need a wife, but that doesn't mean you don't love people, you know what I mean? Or have friends. Or even if you do have a wife, you still have that, that first connection with that supreme source, so it'll make you a better husband or a better boyfriend or whatever. Wow. That that would, that's actually pretty, pretty cool. So if someone wanted to do this, where could they, where could they find, you know, this kind of community to be part of? Well, here in here in Tucson, there's there's a big community of bhakti yoga. That's why I'm really moving here and everything. But um, you know, ultimately, there's you know online stuff and all kinds of books you can you can I can give you guys. But you know, the first the first thing we do is you know it's a lot. You know, like I've been on a big journey. As I said, I used to be into drugs. I used to smoke a lot of. I used to smoke way more than anybody I know. And uh, you know, I don't do that stuff anymore. Not because I'm like, oh, I'm anti that or anti this, but because I actually am experiencing a higher high. That higher high is so intense all the time that um, when I when I do that stuff, I mean, I haven't done it in a long time, but when I when I when I was still like on that that edge when I would do it, I would realize that what used to make me happier was now making me lower. It's like, you know, I just shoot way up there, and it's through. It's through the process of meditation, of uh, of meditation, powerful uh, sonic. Meditation. I have heard a lot of people that say that that they experience this high that's unbelievable. For meditation, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's that's so. If you want to, if you I mean you want to connect to that community, the first, I mean, the first thing is is like beyond the community, you want to connect to that that source. You know what I mean? The community is very important. Having people who are around that are talking about this stuff makes all the difference in the world but before first and foremost the goal of that community is ultimately to connect to krishna to connect to that source energy so we do that with uh, mantra meditation which is in kirtan which is a sound it's a musical meditation it's not silent you know sitting there it's dancing and chanting and playing of instruments and this musical meditation is the most healing form of meditation the most uh, intense form of meditation, the most blissful and happy and powerful form of meditation. It's called kirtan. When he was, he did do that. He did an example of that when he first came by, and um, when he was doing it, it, you just felt this positive energy that that comes off of it. 
every every time you were singing it, you could just feel this positive. Well, yeah, and that's that's because these vibrations and the mantras are. You know, the first and foremost mantra is if you chant this mantra, is no doubt about it. It's a fact. If you chant this mantra, you will experience a higher uh, a higher reality. And the mantra is Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And you you chant it like on beads, like silently to yourself, and just chanting it, it brings that desire. But then also, more importantly, is through music, you know, through clapping, through dancing, through guitars, you know, uh, singing it. And and that that what that means is because this is a transcendental spiritual sound vibration, it's bringing you into the sphere of the source of everything. You're coming back to your source, and it's moving your consciousness out of the darkness and into the light immediately. And it's on the spiritual platform. It's like what I was saying. Um, you know, we don't want to have these false identities. So when we're chanting that mantra, we are actually in our true identity, which is our true identity is a spirit soul. And why was a spirit soul created? It was created to exchange love with the source of all spirit souls. So the spirit soul, us as souls, we were created for the purpose of experiencing love. But because we are... Uh, you know, we're caught in these false identities, mainly black, white, American, Indian, gay, straight. Because we're in these false identities, we're thinking to ourselves, um, uh, you know, let's fight each other. We don't realize that we're actually, you know, we're actually all souls. Even us and the animals and the plants, we're all the same life. And when we connect to that, I mean, we're much happier. So then, you know, naturally, that's the idea where reincarnation comes into play. Whereas if we think ourselves a body, we have to then take another body via karma i i do i believe in karma a lot well this is this has been a lot of eye-opening information for for all of us i can't wait for you to come on again and explain a lot more get a little bit more in depth i can't wait for you to i want you to come on my uh other podcast i'm doing with my fiance katie where um we can't reveal any information about what it's about yet but I would I would love to have you on there and give your opinion on what our topic is because I think it will shock a lot of people when it's out. So I would love for you to come do that. Um, but right now, that's about all the time we have. We have a show that we're doing tonight. Um, it's our first ever live live show that's not on the street, as to say. Um, PJ's first time playing with us, and Alex is uh, covering for us today. So if he, he may choose to stay along, if not then maybe he will maybe he won't we'll we'll have to wait and see um but i want to thank you chris for coming on today uh sorry that we're running such a tight schedule but hopefully we can get you on again pretty soon i just had one question to end it did you find eternal happiness through your scripture like internal um well uh just to comment scriptures are uh are valuable but the goal of them is to connect. And it doesn't matter what it is. It could be, you know, for a Christian, it might be the Bible or whatever. But, it, you know, you don't even have to have a scripture to connect. But it's, it's, it's so necessary. It's so helpful, you know what I mean, to have that knowledge. Especially, you know, you know the Bible, I, I don't really appreciate the Bible that much because, I mean, I think it really has some good information. But it's not, the, it's not mine. It doesn't vibe with me. It's kind of confusing to me. But the Bhagavad Gita is a... Uh, is not I mean it's just a conversation between this divine source and a person so uh, yes I feel I can say I, I feel happier I feel so happy I can't describe it 
I mean, on my true honest self, I feel so happy that I just want to share it with others. That's mainly the reason I came here is because it's the happiest I've ever, I can't even express it. I, you know, there's no smiles enough to express it. Smiles don't express it. It's internal and it's beautiful. And I know it, the, the beautiful thing about it is I've barely scratched the surface. Damn. Thank we, you for your we, time. It was a oh, pleasure. Yeah. Pleasure thank to you. meet you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. For sure. Wonderful to be here. Uh, this is Friends in Hell. Make sure and check us out on our pages. Um, Friends in Hell Band on Instagram. Friends in Hell on Facebook. Our website at friendsinhell.com. Um, this is Far From Hell. Brought to you by Friends in Hell. We'll see you guys later. Good night. See you.